Morning, Grace. My name is Will Vakurvich, one of the pastors here, and I am just thankful to be here with you guys this morning. It's, it's such an exciting morning. We have a, a lot going on, and I love the, the way Beth set this up. We are celebrating the fact that Christ is in all of life. Every area of our life, when we say Jesus is Lord, that means it is brought under the Lordship of Christ. And hopefully you don't hear that as a burden, as new things you have to do, but we can rest, as the song said, in this reality that this is our Father's world, that every square inch of life is ruled by Jesus. And so we get invited to imagine what could this look like for us? How could we steward these opportunities, not just the big things, not just the scary moments when you're sharing your faith with someone or God's calling you to do something bold, but in the small moments of life, in the seemingly mundane, Jesus is there also. And he invites us to meet him there also. And so we've already started exploring this from family dedications, later we'll be able to see baptism, to see how Jesus is in fact ruling and reigning in all of life. And so in place of a sermon, we get to do something that I personally think is super exciting. We get to hear from some of the members of our community, some of our family members here at Grace, about how they are living their life for Christ in different ways. We'll hear about the struggles, we'll hear about the opportunities, we'll hear about serving the least of these, of stewarding our families, all these different uh, ways that people are, are living all of life, all for Christ. And so during this time, I would invite you uh, just to imagine to be open to what the Spirit is prompting. What could Jesus be calling you to? How can you reimagine what you're doing already? What's that opportunity? Maybe it's the new neighbor that fits for our family. Maybe it's the neighbor who's been there forever and you have to admit like, sorry, I, I don't know your name still. Maybe it's that coworker that eats lunch alone. Who knows what the Spirit could be doing, but we invite you to just imagine as we hear how uh, some of our friends here at Grace are stewarding their lives all for Christ. So at this time, we invite Daniel to come up and uh, the folks who will be sharing to come up so that you can hear from them. Would you guys welcome them to the stage? So I have my friends up here. I have Jesse Irwin. I have... Hester and Bray Turner, and then Paul Nellis, and they're going to be sharing this morning about how Christ is calling them to bear witness to his presence uh, wherever they are. Um, and so first up is Jesse Irwin. Jesse is a friend. We have spent a lot of time together praying together, really asking this question, I think. What is, yeah, what is Christ calling us into? So just briefly, if you can share for people what it is you do uh, for work, and then we'll get into the ways that, that Jesus is at work there, but if you can share. Okay. So all the questions, the three. I'm an executive producer, COO for a creative production agency in uh, Santa Monica <clears throat> in the Bay Area. Um, we work with agencies and brands to produce uh, marketing assets, sort of marketing production. So drive down the freeway, you see a billboard. Uh, we do work that kind of lands there on websites, in print, kind of all over the place. So uh, I manage a group of about 20 people, um, spend half my week up in the Bay Area and then half for however it works out down here. I've uh, been doing this role for a year, uh, been kind of in this area of the business, the um, asset creation or image creation for about 10 years and somewhat affiliated to uh, the delivery of marketing assets for 
25 plus years creation of something like that. So. Yeah. So we talked a little bit this last week. Yep. And the question really that I think you've been wrestling with and been wondering about is, yeah, so what is Christ calling you into? Or what does it even look like where you are to bear witness to Jesus? So how can you describe for us even some of the ways you're wrestling with that? Well, first of all, I can think of a handful of people that are better off up here than me. But, uh, but thanks, you're up here. Shannon and Aaron, <laughs> who I ran into in the airport and had a conversation and somehow I got up here. Um, yeah, so um, more on the wrestling side than I think kind of I have, like, I know how this thing works. Um, you know, we, we work under a lot of deadlines. Things move very quickly. We have long hours, long days. Um, and I think through, well, certainly through a mentor um, this last year, um, had to reorient how I was thinking about the people that, that worked with me, that kind of I was in charge of or, or responsible for, and how uh, I was um, prioritizing them over the work. Because um, I think it's easy, especially coming from the account sales side of things, to um, be advocating for the client and what they need. Um, but when it affects people, their personal lives, health, other things, uh, that was a, sort of a different shift for me to work through. Um, one thing that I always felt like I uh, did when someone new came onto our team was to ask them, where do, you guys, where do you want to be in five years? Because I don't necessarily think you'll be with us, with this company, for the rest of your career. So if I can help facilitate that, if there's something that we do or a client that we have that you might you know, benefit from being exposed to or connecting with, um, I'm happy to do that because I just don't think that what we want is just to get out of you what we're paying you for. But hopefully when you leave here, uh, you'll gain something more than um, the work that you did. So, um, yeah, and I think uh, it has, it actually, I think that that change, that shift in, in prioritizing the people, um, uh, I think has also caused me to shift how I manage the clients. Um, because oftentimes we would just continue to say yes and yes and yes, and actually probably in the last uh, two months I've said no to more work than I have in my career. Um, which is a good problem to have, but also it, it, it's, it was really to protect the people that were working uh, for our group. So, um, yeah, I, I, I wrestle with kind of what... Um, what presence of, of Jesus in me looks like in front of people who may not care. Um, and I think that a lot of what I do at work, I'm trying to find efficiency or distill it down to something simple. And every single person that works with me is different. And I can't just come up with a quick solution or figure out how to quickly engage them one thing or another. Um, I, so I just, I, I, I think I attempted to find um, things that they value mm -hmm. and make that um, valuable or important also. Um, understand that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we're complex people. <laughs> Everybody has, you know, a different, I mean, just personalities and preferences and the way that they work. And um, sometimes it's disruptive to what we're trying to get done. And, and part of that, part of what I'm doing, I think I have to allow to an extent that to happen because just we're not, you know, we're not machines and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think I wrestle with that. I, I feel like um, um, a lot of ums. <laughs> I feel like the I'm working that real. out. The struggle's real. It is real. Yeah. It is. Um, 
Yeah, it's just, it's, I, I, I actually, I think one of the things I said to you on the phone this week was, uh, if, if nothing more than, than, what, than coming up here, what I get out of this is for someone else to say, hey, how are you doing in your walk with Jesus this week? How did that work out at work? I'm looking for that. Mm -hmm. um, gratefully, I, I get people asking, hey, how's your marriage? Uh, how, how are you doing with your kids? How are you as a father? Just kind of how are you personally? Um, I would love people to come up and ask me, like, what, what is happening with you and Jesus this week? How is that working out? Mm -hmm. What can I do to, to be a part of that with you, to pray for you, or to, you know, check in a week or two weeks or whatever? Um, that's, you know, that's what I need. Because I think we're all, a, a, this isn't a new thought, but we're fabric, right? So when I go into my home, uh, as I'm married to my wife and fathering my kids, I bring pieces of you, Daniel, and Paul, and Keith, and John, and a bunch of people in with me. That's the same thing happens at work. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I just, I, I could use more of those questions, I think, along the way. And so I've, if you heard, you heard Jesse say this, an invitation, like he actually, that's one of the things he said to me this last week, is like, I want people... I want to do this with other people. I want to be wrestling with this question. So if you find yourself wrestling with that question of what does it look like to actually bear witness to Jesus in my work, Jesse's the person that he won't answer that for you, but he certainly will be journeying with you in discovering from Jesus what that answer might be. So Jesse, I'm so grateful for just what you do. I'm grateful for your heart and for sharing with us. So thank Thanks. you. Thanks, Jesse. And so this is Bray and Hester Turner. I want to say, I, I still want to call you guys by your last names, like what they, but it's not. You have one last name. It's Turner. All right. So Bray Turner, Hester Turner, and they've been really wrestling with and thinking about the question of what does it look like to follow Christ um, with their family? And so recently, you were certified to be foster parents, yes. right? Um, so when, when was that made official? Yeah, so we got officially certified two Fridays ago. And this next yeah. so oh, oh. share. Um, just a couple of days ago, we got a call um, for a placement for a baby girl, which we said yes to. And she will hopefully be coming to us on Wednesday. So awesome. Um, and so that's a, that's a big, so you're obviously young. Uh, that's, a, that's a big decision to make uh, with your family. But could you describe for us... Yeah, what, what, it is, what is it about Jesus that's moved you to do this with your lives together? Um, I think one thing that we, we realized about our faith um, and Jesus is he has invited us into his family as sons and daughters, and we get to, we get to call him father. Um, and that wasn't automatic. We weren't born in, but he has invited us in. So we feel compelled with that knowledge to invite children into our family and for them to, you know, potentially be able to call us mother and father and, and provide for them in that way. It's just such a great example, and we want to live out of that. Hmm. It's so good. And Hester, one of the things that you said um, in our conversation was that you, I mean, this is something you've sort of always thought you might do. And, and if, so why was it so obvious to you as something to do? Yeah, uh, like you said, we both have always felt this calling, or maybe not always, but as long as we can remember, separately and then also together. Um, 
and just like reflecting on the many blessings that we've been given, um, including our families and our friends in our community, it just felt like um, an important way to be good stewards of those blessings is to share our family life with um, kids who need it. Um, and yeah, it, it just feels like a, a natural progression, I guess, for us. Yeah, and if I can speak to that too, one thing that we've really had a heart for is just seeing the, the difficulty and the pain that's, that comes with the foster system. For kids, it's like, I, I don't know, just in the foster system, there's higher rates of incarceration and that you're less likely to graduate from school. And we, we just saw that and saw this is such a big need and um, a need that really en envelops everything in life. And we're committed to, you know, being there with those kids and potentially um, helping them in, in a bad situation. So, yeah. One of the things I love about what the two of you have done as you've been faithful to Jesus is invite other people into it. They had a, a, a shower, like a baby shower, um, but for the purpose of saying, hey, this is what we're doing with our lives. Yes, we're going to be inviting children in, but also we need a community to do this. So could you speak, that was this question, I did not prep you with this question, but I'm curious if you could speak a little bit to that and just, yeah, what do you need from us? Well, I think one thing that you, you as a community, Grace, have already provided for us, which is amazing, is just examples, examples of foster uh, families and adoptive families that we get to look to and have inspired us to, to take this step, seeing amazing families out there, amazing parents and amazing kids um, that just love each other well and like are committed to each other and show God's love and what it means to be an adoptive family. So um, already you guys have provided an amazing example for us and I think that's m like more than we could ever ask for. And then like for the future, I don't know, what, what do you wanna? Um, I think, like, obviously with foster care, there's a lot of unknowns, um, and that's something that we've had to wrestle with going into this process, is just, we don't know what the future is going to hold, but we're trying to rely on God's past promises and blessings to, um, yeah, just show us that he will also provide for us in the future. So I don't know if everybody wants to just partner with us in reminding us of those mm -hmm. past promises and, um, yeah, what he's promised for our future as well. It's good. We will be reminders to you of God's <laughs> you. faithfulness. No, yeah. just as you guys are examples to us of what it looks like to, to follow Jesus. Thank you so much for sharing and for taking the risk. Grateful for you guys. Yeah. All right. So this is my brother, Paul Nellis. Yeah, this guy is a good, great guy. Um, so, Paul, tell us what, what do you do? Well, I'm... I'm employed by Long Beach Unified School District. I'm a teacher, um, and my, yes, thank you educators out there. My, my job title is I'm an adult community transition teacher for special education. So I work with students who are 18 to 22 years old who did not get a high school diploma, but are in a, a very specific program that is training them to be um, independent and, and uh, employable and to teach them life skills. So um, we're out in the community every day creating internships and job opportunities with business owners. All you business owners out here, hit me up after service, please. Because we have some incredible students that we try to uh, find their giftedness and their passions, their uniqueness, their value, and, uh, and, and place them in internship opportunities. So 
Um, anyways, I could tell you all lots of things about my job. But yeah, so describe for us some of the ways that you seek to reflect Jesus in your work. So there's that, but then also like what it, I mean, you have a very specific understanding of why you do this work in, as it relates to who Jesus is and what he's like. So share with us about that. Yeah. Well, um, going back to our Christmas, my favorite Christmas carol, maybe, maybe many of you like this, Oh Holy Night, but there's a section in that that, 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 that uh, stanza that says, Long lay the world in sin and error pining until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. You know, and that's really my biggest calling is the calling to, del- is the duty of delight, like uh, Father Greg Boyle talks about in his book. But the duty or the calling to delight, to help these students find their worth, is to reflect Jesus to them in such a way that they are seeing like, man, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and there is something very special about my life. And that is my job as an educator, especially with the students that I work with, who often are marginalized, uh, like uh, in, you know, in, in, in uh, Matthew 25, Jesus, and I think you guys are going to talk about that later on too, but it's, this definitely informed my, and how God called me into what I'm doing, but Jesus said, it, as I'm, I'm telling the solemn truth, whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, hmm. that was me. You did it to me. And think about the people in our lives, around us, in our society, overlooked and ignored. And a lot of times, people with disabilities are ones who are overlooked and ignored. Overlooked and ignored for job opportunities, overlooked and ignored for friendships. And these people, it's not like, these are, these are incredible, incredible gifts where, as, uh, as, as, mutual, as uh, Father Boyle talks about in, his, in one of his books, is that really... When you are with these, when you're with these friends of mine, these incredible people, not only do you get to, to uh, be Jesus with them, to them, right? Not I, you know what Paul says in Galatians, it's not, it's not I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. So everyone I meet has a chance to encounter Jesus as I'm speaking with them. They get to encounter Jesus living in me and through me. And that's what we get to do. So not only do I get to delight him in that and delight in them that way, but not as Jesus, as as this scripture in Matthew says, that as in, in the way that you've done this to these who've been overlooked and ignored, you did that to me. So I get to see the face of Jesus in them. So I get to be Jesus, but they get to be Jesus back to me. So it's mutual. It's not me doing some service for them, but it's how they inform and change my heart and impact my life. And we get to do that with so many different stratas of our, of our society. Paul, thank I'm you. sorry, I'm preaching here. I'm excited. No, I mean, honestly, <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, this, like, this is the best sermon ever, uh, this, the, all three of you. But I'm so grateful for your, I'm so grateful for your ability to see and to discover Jesus in, in the students that you work with, and, and you see Jesus in them, and so you receive Jesus. But then you become lenses, actually. You become lenses for us. You become lenses for the, the companies that you work for to then help them see the worth, the weight of their soul as well. So so grateful for, for you and the work that you're doing and for pointing us toward Jesus in it. Um, I'd like to give thanks for all of our friends up here, and, uh, and I hope that as hearing, as you heard them share 
your imagination was sparked in terms of where is Christ called you uh, and what does it look like for you, for us together to bear witness to who Jesus is. So let me, let me pray. God, I'm so grateful for, so grateful for the ways that you're at work in our lives. In the little ways, in the small ways, through things that, that we are already doing, whether it's with our work, whether it's with the families that, that we have. Uh, God, you want all of us because of your son Jesus and his life, death, and resurrection. Uh, Jesus is in fact Lord over all of us. And you don't want just a piece of us, but every corner and nook and cranny of our lives is to be for you. And thank you for my friends. Thank you for Paul, for Jesse, for Hester, for Bray, for the ways that they show how you are at work in their lives, how Jesus is in fact alive in and through them. So God, we are grateful. Uh, And I ask that you'd continue to protect them and to empower them for the work, thinking especially of of Bray and Hester's, they're going to be receiving a little girl soon. God, would you be with them? Be with Jesse as he continues to wrestle and bring others who want to wrestle along with him in that journey. And be with Paul um, as he wants his eyes to be continually opened to see these people as you see them and to see you in them. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I love being able to hear from other people the way the Spirit is empowering them to, to display God's kingdom, um, to live on mission, and to do the work that God's people have always been called to do. In Colossians, Paul reminds us that Jesus is reconciling all things. I love that. I love, this is like one of those moments where, you know, as a communicator in a church, you feel the need, like, do you know what the Greek says? Like, typically, I hate that stuff, but do you know what the Greek actually means when it says, like, Christ is reconciling all things? Like, the all things literally means all things. Like, Daniel prayed every nook and cranny. My mind flashes back to the English muffin commercial with the, like, melted butter. But, like, what an image of the Spirit saturating every nook and cranny of our lives so that Christ is put on display. And we heard that, right? We see the reconciliation in the midst of a, of a world that has been distorted by sin, somebody that can step into a high-level position at a company to help brands communicate clearly. In the midst of the distortion and chaos we sense in our world, there is clarity and creativity, and doesn't that display a God who is creative, who created all things? In the midst of family brokenness, a a couple that's willing to step in and help out in a time of trouble so that kiddos can be reconciled to the families that God has given them. What a beautiful image of Jesus stepping in so that we can be reconciled back to who God is into his family. I think of Paul stepping in to, to his sphere Right? I love that he used that hymn, the, the soul felt its worth so that our eyes can be reconciled to see the worth and value in every image bearer. Doesn't that display what the kingdom will be like when every tongue, tribe, and people will be there, will be celebrated, will be unified, will be worshiping God and be in his presence? On this day, even Rams fans will be there. <laughs> Sorry, I had to, I had to. But church, this is what we're invited into. 
And so, you know, we've been talking about where people who listen, there's a God who speaks. We're going to take time in our service. Hopefully you were able to grab one of the cards when you came in, uh, and we're going to invite you to just reflect on the questions that'll be up on the screen. Questions that hopefully your spirit and your imagination has been stirred with already. Questions that invite you to reflect, uh, how are you hearing? Nope, these are, these are different questions. These are really good questions. Uh, but they're questions about what is God calling you into now in this space? How is the Spirit inviting you? Yeah, there we go. How and where is God calling you, and what is Jesus calling you into? So I'm going to pray quickly, and then we're going to have a few moments of quiet. If you need a card, the, the ushers will be walking around. They'll have extra cards. Just catch their eye, let them know, and we'll pass a card to you. We're going to just take a few moments uh, after I pray to allow the Spirit to, to stir stuff up, and we'll see what happens from that. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for these stories. Thank you that you are present, you are active, you are communicating with us, and your spirit is on the move. And so we invite you, help us to listen clearly. Help us to dream about how you are inviting us to participate in your mission. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.